Hello, everyone. Honk, honk. Welcome to another episode of Cracker Classics. Yay! Weekly podcast where a couple of white guys watch old movies and uh, thank our lucky stars we don't live back then anymore. Or long to live in those days. There's been a couple movies of that. If that looks nice. What? Can we have that? Well, of course it looks nice, because it's been scrubbed of anything but potentially offensive. Well, don't we do that today with movies? Well, yeah, but it's a little different than Leave it to Beaver. Well, I wasn't thinking Leave it to Beaver. I'm... Well, that was just what popped to mind, okay? That's the, like, like the... nice houses that you can oh, own on a single income. And... An apartment on Central Park for 85 bucks a exactly. week. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, you could pay with a week's salary. <laughs> uh, We're not going to see any such opulence in this movie. Oh, God, no. Pretty darn sure. No, this is pretty much the exact opposite. As it was intended to be. Yep. Today we are watching the Edgelord classic, Taxi Driver. Yay. We remember. Yay. <laughs> I've never seen this. I saw this once about 20 years ago, and I think I didn't get it ah. <laughs> then. I, I have learned more since. I have no idea there were things to get in this movie, because I really don't know much anything about it. I just know the consequences of this movie. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Martin Scorsese is indirectly responsible for what our country is today. Because <laughs> if he didn't make this movie... Hinkley wouldn't have gone all crazy and shot Reagan. He wouldn't have been emboldened and gotten reelected. And then uh, there you go. Yeah. He most likely still would have been reelected. Uh, yeah. But he would not have been handed the mandate that he did in that election. Where would we be if Hinkley had succeeded? Uh, I guess we would have had Clinton eight years earlier. Uh. So we would have had Bush, and he wouldn't have won. And I don't know. We, if we it wouldn't have been Clinton. But... It probably wouldn't have been Clinton. We would have had H.W. earlier, and he might have gotten a little more than a full term, like finished out the term Reagan was on, and then right. I think he would. Have, I think he would have gotten another term, but I don't know if we would have. Like Bush Senior wasn't too bad as far as stuff. As far as doing stuff, yeah. As far as what people saw of him doing. <laughs> The reason I'll ruin you like a Japanese banquet is a term now. <laughs> and read my lips now means lying. Um. Well, yes. <laughs> but I don't think we're going to get into any of that really in this movie, because what politics really shows up in here? Uh, not much. It's just a dude dealing with his day-to-day -day life that wants to feel special. And he deals with his trauma a bit, or he at least so. has trauma. He might oh, not definitely. deal with it, but <laughs> whether, there's whether he, demons in there. Whether it's dealt with appropriately is, um, no. <laughs> I, I, I would say up for debate, but not really. Mm -hmm. it's, no, no. I can see that. There is debate. Should there be? No. Mm. No. <laughs> but then we have a young Jodie Foster. Yes kidnapped by john wayne or something i don't know who kidnaps her or what the whole deal i don't remember too much about the actual details of this movie okay. it'll be a surprise to both of us 
pretty much. But this is another one of those, um, the, the, the toxic men seem to love this movie. Yep. This is another Apocalypse Now. Another Man Scarface. movie. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we'll find out why. Because he solved problems with violence. Violence solves problems. And he looks cool doing it. I guess. And it makes you aspire to be a taxi driver? No. Does this movie glamorize Uber? (laughs) (laughs) Nothing glamorizes I doubt it. I mean, this is the (laughs) 70s New York City. Everything is going to look nasty. Because everything was. Yeah. Urban hellscape. Yep. Mm -hmm. Hooray! I'm going to need a shower after this movie, won't I? Oh, most likely. Okay. That's fine. Sometimes gritty can be sexy. Um... I doubt there's much sexiness <laughs> to this movie. We'll see. We'll be back with intermission impressions. And violence. Maybe some driving? Don't forget to tip. You're all right. <laughs> yeah, you're all right. Who you're are you right. trying to convince? I'm not convinced. Are I'm you trying convinced? to convince myself and it ain't working. Are you convinced? <laughs> I mean, you know, you know what? Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe I am. Maybe Peter I am Boyle's convinced. not convinced. No, you're all right though. It's just weird to uh, try to convince other not all right people that you're all right. It's all good. You're all right. What does that you're accomplish? Right. What are we doing here? <laughs> no, I'm seriously asking. What are we doing here? <laughs> I'm. I don't get this. We're watching a '70s Scorsese movie. That's what we're doing. <sighs> Not enough coke left in the world to understand this movie. Is that what you're trying to say? Um, well, it's painting a picture. It is painting a picture. You are right. This is cinema. This is not a superhero movie. Well, no, I, I wasn't trying to compare it to <laughs> I, that. I'm just I'm familiar with Scorsese's work and what he tries to get across, and I'm not seeing it yet. <laughs> <laughs> There's just pieces. <laughs> Disjointed. Yep. Drug fueled pieces. Yep. With a lot of unsavory opinion. <laughs> Which I get. Gritty 70s. You know, we're going to have. New York in the 70s. Yeah, we're going to have those conversations with yep. a lot of slurs and. Yep. Derogatory stuff. Oh, and, but not yeah. all bad. No, we got talking about the gay couple fighting in Peter Boyle's cab. Yep, even if that's not the word they used. Well, no. But yeah. But he did have a nice thing of, you know, I don't care what you do in the privacy of your own home behind closed doors, consenting, you're adults. I was like, yes. I don't know. The behind behind closed doors thing. I mean, yeah, they always told that thing. Just just don't do it in front of me. Like, no, I didn't. Well, that wasn't his issue. His issue was the violence. Well, yeah. Bashing each other's heads but in the back of his cab. Talking about it. I understand it, his, why he was upset. Talking about it going on, like, do your thing behind closed doors, though, is... You're right, where I can't see it. Yeah. You're right. I don't it's have still to not where I thought that existence. was going to go, so... Uh, yeah. Then they I talk about what I California get. being progressive, because when two gays split up, they have to pay alimony. Mm, pay alimony, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Quite progressive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're just now getting gay divorce. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's um, that's fun though. But what is what is the deal with people taking dates to porno theaters in like these movies? Ah, uh, there is so this, much to discuss I mean, with this Sybil Shepherd. If I had a nickel Robert for each time, 
I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot. And but you could see two porns. <laughs> Still. <laughs> like, <laughs> back then, yeah, yeah, I think they were nickel picks. Probably. Um, nickel dick picks. <laughs> nickel nipples? Nickel nipples. <laughs> There, there was a lot of butts and skin in that Swedish yeah, yeah. porn, but there were no nipples. Yeah. But yeah, it just, was that a thing? Like, because we had it in The Graduate and we've got it here. That's like, true. We did have it in The Graduate. Yeah. It, it was, again, treated as sort of a weird, what is well, I this think, sort of thing yeah. in The Graduate, too? <clears throat> and I think he was, in The Graduate, he was doing it to be a dick. That's cause right, because he didn't want to go out with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Whereas here, he's like... He's just clueless. Cluelessly obsessed over her. Yeah. Yeah. Because we've reached that point in that relationship, especially after the movie. Yeah. I just keep sending you flowers, and then they get sent back to me, and I don't do anything about them. They just sit in my apartment and rot, and I call. I'm not sure exactly how much or how often, but enough. Definitely too much. And then I show up at your work, which I did at first, creepily. Yep. Sitting in my cab, staring at you through the window. Sat and watched you for a while, and the fact that he got a date out of it is a testament to the 70s. It's Um, impressive. (laughs) Because I realize we didn't have the term red flag back in the 70s, but it's because of shit like this that we now have that term. Yeah, yeah. There was nothing um, positive about those interactions. Uh, I don't know. The the pie and coffee wasn't too bad. But getting that there was... That was okay. Getting there was... Yeah. There was a little but bit yeah. of a like thrill of the chase bit setting up that pie and coffee meeting. Yeah. You know, there was some tension and she was kind of into it and he was definitely into it. And they kind of played off each other. And yeah. And they're like, oh, well, I have a break at four. Okay, well, I'll be back at four. I'm sure you will. Yep. You know, there was a little playfulness to yeah. that. But then it just went down from there. Yeah. And it should have been it. But I guess Sybil Shepherd felt something, even if it was just pity. Uh, yeah. It's, it's hard to gauge her character so far. Uh, cause it, yeah, because it does seem like she relates a bit to what Travis is saying and what he's talking about, mm-hmm. how she looks unhappy in that world of the normal world. And the, the dress-up office job yeah, type yeah. world that she lives in. Yeah. yeah. She does like kind of feel like, but she also seems like she wants to belong to that world where Travis does not. Yeah, she's slung in between, I feel. She doesn't necessarily belong, feel like she belongs in either. Yeah. But there's still things that will draw her to one side or the other. But she definitely doesn't, like, see the world as Travis does. Oh, no. Which is where the fundamental mismatch comes. And how (laughs) does he see the world exactly? Uh, As a big old pile of shit that just needs to be flushed. I guess. At least that's what he told uh, Palantine. The real rain will come and wash the scum off the streets. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I I don't know if I'm reading into it too much, but what is the scum on the streets? Because, you know, he went through a list of slurs in the beginning oh, yeah, yeah. of, you know, they all come out at night. Yep. That's pretty much it. So, yeah. The but problem it, is other people. It raises the question of what he thinks the good people are, though. Like, Are there good people? Does he <laughs> think there's any good people? Does he think he's good is people? Is he the only good person? Does he think he's good people? Like, that is unclear. Mm-hmm. 
Or is he also a part of the scum that needs to be washed off the streets? I don't know. So far, I get the vibe of I have no control over my life. Everything just happens to me kind of thing. Yeah. I am a passive player in my own life. That's very much how I've felt about his character throughout so far. I can see that. He's made some strides to do things in his life, like the whole Sybil Shepherd relationship thing. And, of course, he went about it in an awful way that made things worse. Well, Peter Boyle's a lot more about the, like, life happens and you have to take it as it comes and... And there, there, there is the question of agency in the whole process too. Yeah, and he's. I mean, he talks about how like he's been doing it seventeen years, but he doesn't own his own cab. Why? Because I don't want to. It, it must not be what I want. Mm-hmm. And he, it's like a thing of resignation. Like, well, if I wanted it, I'd have it. Right. Um, that's not necessarily true either, though. It's because there's a lot of circumstantial things that can affect how life goes and. Mm-hmm. Personally, I can totally relate to feeling like it doesn't matter what you do. There's just things that are going to happen in your life. Oh, yeah. Life happens. Definitely. That's why I choose how I react to things. Ah, that's a key thing. Not constantly calling someone who has demonstrated a clear lack of interest. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Actually, trying to consider what they might be into. Yeah, but that's Sonder and <laughs> Travis does not have that. No. Um <laughs> There's very um Beholden Caulfield vibes to him. <laughs> Everyone's a phony. Everyone and everything sucks. And what can I do about it? I, you know, I don't necessarily disagree with that assessment. Oh it's I just mean, the yeah. reaction to it, the response to it that I take issue with. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and not everyone's a phony, just most people, and there's reasons we're all phonies. I don't know, I'm absolutely including myself in that. I yeah. can't be 100% genuine all the time. Like, it's... That's the thing. We're all phonies at some point. Yeah. You know, it's just sort of how we've had to cope and get through <laughs> certain things. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I'm not... <laughs> Saying I'm outside that. (laughs) (laughs) But it's definitely, um, there are things within your control. They Mm -hmm. may not be the things outside of you, but there are things within your control. You may not know what they are. You may not (laughs) like them. Yep. You may wish there were other things in your control, but that's that. That's part of that life happens thing. Get a job. You become the job. Well, <sighs> that's why I don't work. Um, <laughs> the, the working class wisdom of Peter Boyle in that last bit there was, I get it, but I don't oh, like I, it. No, I, not at all. It's very much a defeatist thing. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Having been there myself in the defeatist mindset, I get it, but it's not healthy. It's not how you should really go about life. I say that, yet I'm still there sometimes. It's how you get numb. And numbness is not a good way to go about life. Sometimes you have to numb yourself. Again, to get (laughs) through. And is that a phony thing, numbness? A little bit. Yeah, yeah. There's aspects to the complex web of life and how we 
approach it and deal with it. In here, I just yep. don't know what what's shaping up, if anything. Well, the Jodie Foster moment should have given you a clue. True. And the fact that he's still just chewing on that. Sort of fixated on the 20 bucks the pimp tossed on his seat. Yeah. And then was that the same pimp again when he came out of the cafeteria with Peter Boyle? I don't know. It's hard to tell because we didn't see a face. Oh, that's true. But the way that whole part was done, it made it seem like that's the guy. Well, we may be kind of being led in that direction and... That may be how Travis sees it. They all kind of blend together. We take him out and it'll be fine for everybody. Sunshine and rainbows. Uh, what would he do with sunshine and rainbows? Uh, this is another issue I'm having. I'm, you know, clearly, oh, nice cleansing rain and clean up the scum of the city. But then what would you do? Is that really what you want? Do you know how to not sulk? Yeah. <laughs> Good question. <laughs> Would you be able to not sulk? Like, what would you do in a situation where there was no reason to? Yeah. If you could sleep, what would you dream about? Because I have nothing to sulk about. (laughs) There's no reason to be sad. Yep. (laughs) So I I will say I was wrong. There's definitely politics in here. Yeah. Because we have a whole campaign. That's where Civil Shepherd works. I totally forgot about that. And Travis is obsession with Albert Brooks, at least for a little bit in there. He kept talking about him and how he didn't like the vibe. That's the Afro guy in the campaign office. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Albert Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I thought you were talking about the candidate there for a second. I'm like, wait a second. That's not Albert Brooks. We can talk about him, too, (laughs) but I don't know. He was kind of a flash in the pan to me. I, I thought it was rather significant. I feel like there was, there should be some significance to that meeting, but I don't have it. Nothing came out of that for me. It was the eye roll after he got out of the cab. Okay. Directed to one of his peoples. Yeah. Oh, this is just the classic politician. Yeah. I slummed myself and met the common man. I listened. I I, I heard what the common man had to say so that I can immediately ignore it. Um, oh, well. I can eye roll it away because it doesn't really matter because... Because he's not actually going to vote. Yeah. Well, I mean... <laughs> and he doesn't understand politics and he made that much clear. True. Like... He very much got the vibe he was going to vote for him because that's what Civil Shepherd wanted him to do. Yes. And now that's off the table, so why the fuck's he going to vote now? Well... <laughs> he has no vested personal interests. Well, he's still trying to impress Civil Shepherd. Is she going to come back? Is any of this going to... I honestly don't remember. It's like I vaguely remember how this ends, and that's about it. Okay. But, yeah. (sighs) I did like the line of, we are selling mouthwash. Yeah. For the whole political campaign. (laughs) Like, yes. That's exactly what you're doing. That puts it succinctly. (laughs) Just don't swallow. When it comes to uh, politics, spit, don't <laughs> swallow. Uh, on that note, um, <laughs> let's get back to sucking. Um, uh, yeah. I'm <laughs> not saying this sucks. I'm just, there's a lot of fragments so far that haven't lined up yet for me. I don't know if they will. Um, yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. But I'm intrigued to see where we go because there's at least a little bit of intrigue now that we've met Jody Foster. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. We'll be back with a curtain call and 
More slurs. <laughs> Almost certainly. Most likely. <laughs> What the fuck? I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't know where I want to start here. Uh, um, uh, well, okay, vigilante justice. Uh, okay. That's all this is. Yeah. Cops don't do anything. I understand that. And then you, you go and do it yourself somehow, and you're made out to be a hero somehow? I guess... I I don't understand motive. I don't understand the mafia connection. I don't understand why he was going up to the president candidate uh, as if he was going to shoot him. Well, I think he was. And then... I, I, yeah. It's... But then why? Why? Why chicken out of that because Secret Service knew who the fuck you were because you had already cozied up to them? So they had you on your radar, their radar. Yeah, yeah. And then why go from there to rescuing Jodie Foster? Because um, that was easier? My only thought on this is I want to do something that does good in the world. Kind of, yeah. And first I'm going to shoot a president candidate because that worked so well for Sirhan Sirhan and for, you know, whoever else. Yeah. Okay, I, I must dream smaller. So I I'm going guess? to save this 12-year-old that needs saving in my mind. I mean, the whole situation's a little well, squeaky. Of, I mean, it's going to be those yeah. situations are. He talked to her, and she, you know, for what it's worth, said she was all right. She probably wasn't. Most likely wasn't. No. Any 12-year-old to be in a situation like that, they're not going to be okay. No. But you also can't just make it okay for them. <laughs> God, no. Because <laughs> then you're no better than Harvey Keitel. Because uh, he was also making it better for her. In his, in his mind. Yeah. In his mind. The, the similarities between... Harvey Keitel and Robert De Niro in this movie, they overlap in ways that many men will not admit to. Or recognize. Well, they may recognize it, though. They ain't gonna admit to it, because he's scum. What literally said, the scum of the earth. Like, Man. the lowest bit of scum. Maybe, I don't know, it's possible. But that was clearly a hierarchy thing in his brain of... Well, I'm better than him, so you should come with me because I'll save you. Yeah. Okay, I can't come with you, but here's the money. <laughs> when you get it, I'll be dead. Which, did she ever get the money? Because that's a little unclear. I don't know. <laughs> there was a stamp on that envelope, but no zip code. Uh, hey. He wasn't too good with zip codes. We already knew that. No. Six digits. <laughs> a New Jersey zip code that starts with a six. No, no, that's, no. Nope, that's Illinois. Incorrect. From Illinois. I know this. <laughs> oh. Zip codes are one of those painfully obvious things that you never think about. And then when you do, you yeah. go, oh my God, duh. Yep. Start the lower numbers, start in the east, and they just build up from there. Yeah. Further west you go, the higher the number. It's <laughs> just how they did it. Makes more sense than area codes. Yep. I I don't really like this. Uh, yeah. There's yeah. a toxic vigilanteism to it. 
a glorification of that as yes. well. Like I see all these things that are saying like if you glorify Travis Bickle, you're missing the point. Well then tell me, what the fuck is the point? Yeah. What am I missing? How is how does this not glorify that? Mm-hmm. Like, sure there are the parallels between him and Harvey Keitel does not change the fact that he kills some mobsters and a pimp and gets his picture in the paper and a nice letter from Iris's parents mm-hmm. and recognition from Betsy, even though apparently he's no longer interested in that. And that was weird. There's, I think he is still into her, but he has matured enough to know that she is not. And that's okay. I will do this one little thing for you of giving you a free ride. But now she kind of is. Like, she was definitely dropping hints in that cab ride. Yes, she was. Because he's a hero now, so he's not creepy Uh, somehow. I don't know. Well, he was also not acting creepy, so there's that. But it, uh, there's so much to this that, yeah... There's at least a little exploration of masculinity in here. Couple different facets and how it can take shape from the the guy running for president. Yeah. The guy running the campaign office. Yeah. Peter Boyle, just sort of the older, yeah. wiser guy. Yep. The cabbie elder. Yeah. Um, and then the mobster and the Harvey Keitel. And you know, yeah. there's there's different types of masculinity, all of which had their own toxicity. Yeah. There really wasn't a positive male figure in here. Uh, no, there really wasn't. N- not that I can disagree with with that. <laughs> I mean, everyone's got their positives and negatives. Maybe the cop that didn't shoot Travis at the end? Despite him wanting I don't know to, if he wanted to. But he or... just came in with guns drawn because there's shots fired. Because there so was, he, yeah. yeah. But then Travis made no moves other than to point his bloody finger at his head. and It just... <sighs> I don't get it. Like, maybe he did die in that room and all that other stuff was just his fantasy wish fulfillment that followed? True. How did he fall into a coma given the injuries that he had? I mean, blood loss, I guess, but... I guess. I d- it's, yeah, it's weird. I think it's got to be fantasy wishful film on this. The only way that... It would make sense, because so much of this is just a fantasy wishful film. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, that does it. We're doing Death Wish next week. No, we are not. <laughs> God. <laughs> I've been kind of... Thinking about doing the French Connection recently, <laughs> but every time I'm like, "Ugh, it's just this gritty drugs cop. Um, I just don't want to do it." And then we did this, and it's similar <laughs> aspects, and so I'm good for a while. Uh, all right, all right. <laughs> um, there has to be meaning in here. It is a Scorsese film. Uh, yeah, he does pack a lot of meaning. Yes. And all that I can really get out of this is the world is full of scum and do your own part to clean up some of the scum. Even if that requires scummy behavior. Yeah. I mean, it's a nice on the surface way to look at life, but you have to factor in your actions and how that adds to the scum. Yeah. I mean, granted, at the end here, things seemed pretty scum free where he was concerned. He cleaned up some part of town and got rid of some bad guys and saved a girl's life. 
Yeah. And now put her on a better path. And he did it selflessly because what did he do? He went back to being a taxi driver because he can't sleep. And that's never addressed again. No. Like he has these major insomnia and certain mental issues that are not dealt with. That could he be... just finds something to do while he can't sleep. Yeah. I mean, we play with guns. And take pills and drink beer. But cut out bad food. Yeah. And stick your exposed forearm over a lit stove. I didn't understand that either. I, that was part of his that whole manly up thing regimen. of like, oh, how much pain can I tolerate? Sort of stuff. Like, yeah, that's some ma- marker for some form of masculinity that never really made much sense to me. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I just, I'm not really walking away with anything meaningful here. Except maybe shooting Reagan. Um, no, I I don't have that. <laughs> and I was kind of trying to, once we got Jodie Foster in here, I was really trying to see if I could f- understand why. Like, how did this lead to let's shoot Reagan? And there were some parallels with the president candidate. And you know, all of a sudden, Travis is kind of <laughs> walking up to shoot him. I'm like, oh, this is a direct inspiration, huh? Oh, no. Well, it might have been. He wanted to succeed where Travis failed. Maybe, but it was all to impress Jodie Foster, to get was her it? to notice him. That's how I was always... Oh, for uh, John Hinckley? Yeah, yeah Hinckley. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That Hinckley shot Reagan to get her attention because he became yes. so obsessed with her over her in this movie. Uh, the parallels of that are a bit disgusting, too. Yeah. I mean, her performance is brilliant, but, like, ew. Yeah. But maybe, but I had this thought going through my brain during that rally. Maybe he was going to shoot the guy running for president, whose name I just can't remember. Uh, Palantine, I think. Palantine, that was it. That's it, it. yeah. Yeah. He was going to shoot him to get the attention of Betsy, because he was still hung up on Civil Shepherd. And he was until the moment he finally burned the flowers that had been in his apartment that whole time. Yeah, that, uh, yeah. But that was falling apart, too, because in the second half, she just sort of pops up randomly at times when Palatine's yeah. around. Yeah. And, of course, De Niro's there, too. Yeah. Being all creepy and parking illegally in his taxi. <sighs> yeah, I... So there's that other toxic masculine part of, the woman will complete me. This woman oh, will yeah, save yeah. me. She's not saving me. I have a younger woman who can save me. <laughs> and I can save myself by saving, saving her. her. Yep. Yeah. If only it were that simple, gentlemen. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm not saying this is a terrible movie. There's lots of it that's it's, very well done. I mean. Paints a picture. Yeah, it's beautiful. The soundtrack is amazing. Yeah. Um, but what you walk away from... They're definitely characters. Yeah. I mean, they're not fake people. They're they're people. There is a gritty realness, yes. Um, but I don't like how I feel at the end and what messages I'm walking away with. Yeah, a little bit. Scorsese little bit. may have influenced America where we currently are a bit more than I was realizing. Well, did he influence or did he merely give voice to the general sentiment of the time? Of the time, but then as years went on, it influenced... I can, but if I've, not him, would not someone else have 
provided the same influence. It's very it's, true. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not saying this was plucked out of thin air. This was definitely <laughs> a sentiment in this country <laughs> and across the world. I would imagine there's you know this is bred from angsty loneliness, a lack of human connection. You know that's sort of explored in here. Yeah, the how we have alienated ourselves, especially as men, yeah. due to masculinity, the toxicness of masculinity. Eh, I don't know if that was necessarily it. It was the difficulty of, I mean, like, they they're, did a fine job showing the difficulty of connecting with someone so disaffected. Sure. Um, which doesn't help the situation, but it's, I mean, and then I'm still hung up on the whole, like, Betsy ended up seeming totally into that. She likes danger. <laughs> or like whatever it is. I'm just... Uh... Well, we did discuss that before. <laughs> of She seemed kind of in between. Yeah. She liked the button-down life working on the campaign, but she also liked that gritty little rough around the edges danger. Yeah. And she's currently being drawn to the danger because that's he, how the media was influencing her. good. He's he's bad, but he does good things. <laughs> he uses his evil for good. Um, <laughs> good. Uh, yeah, that's. I do say watch this. It gives some portal into certain mentalities that you might not have experienced yourself. Just don't take it too seriously. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a case study. <laughs> it is not a manual. No. So, oh, what was it? A Swedish <laughs> Swedish marriage manual or something? something Whatever like the name that. of that movie oh, was. Oh, Lord. It, yeah, that was... Uh, <sighs> it's just bizarre. Many pornos are bizarre. Well, especially from the 70s. When you throw plot into the porno, it gets a little bizarre. <laughs> yes yes it does well, if you'd like to uh, allow us to keep being bizarre in our own bizarre way support our porno habit I mean <laughs> Patreon wait wait <laughs> my subscriptions are about to renew <laughs> patreon.com slash cracker classics Support us, please. We love you. Thank you for your money. There's a website to crackerclassics.com. If you want to tell us how wrong our interpretation of this movie is, shoot us an email. Crackerclassics at gmail.com. We're hip. We'll, we'll reply back. Sure. Forgot to mention that. I was just talking to Harvey Cattell. I'm hip. <laughs> yeah, I look like a cop. Uh, he did. Um... Yeah. <sighs> anyway, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.